This is Invite to Game Night, a podcast for the hospitable board game lover, or anyone desiring to curate a richer board game experience. My name is Gordy Harrison, and I invite you to join me as we explore together what makes board gaming wonderful. Welcome to the table. On this episode of Invite to Game Night, Gordy and I are going to be exploring welcoming games. But first, we want to start things off with an icebreaker question and a little discussion on some of the games we've been playing lately. So today's icebreaker question, what did you have in your locker in high school? Gordy? In high school, I had my gym clothes, my gym shoes, and a whole bunch of loose papers. Like, we're talking, open the locker and catch the papers as they fall out. <laughs> that was not my locker. Okay, continue. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, and that's a trend that not only in high school, actually previously in elementary school, you know, we had the desks where you put everything inside your desk. Um, that was also my desk. Like, to the point of one year, I think it was the year end or something, just everything that I had in my desk I put into a garbage can and or garbage bag and brought home. Uh, sorting through it, I found, like, a note from some girl saying, hey, meet me at such and such a place today. And I remember thinking, who did I stand up? And when during this whole year did I stand them up? So probably there was a girl heartbroken for six months and you were completely oblivious. Well, now I'm trying to think like, huh, did I have any girls who just hated me for no reason? This could have been a reason. (laughs) Ah, Funny. Okay. Your locker. The papers. Yeah. You're with me on that? Well, I'm pretty sure that I cleaned out my locker every day when I went home. Like, maybe I left a textbook behind, but no, that thing was impeccable. But I do remember, speaking of lockers, that on my first day of high school, which was also first day of grade 12, since I was homeschooled before that, I did not know how to open a locker. So I had to ask around, which was super embarrassing for my last year of high school to have to ask someone, how do you open a locker? And I think maybe I ended up having to get a teacher to help me open it. It was kind of an embarrassing first day, but you know, that was my locker. Yes. (laughs) So games we've been playing. All right. Well, I guess I'll start us off. We've been playing a lot of honey buzz. Um, we did not get the Kickstarter, but we managed to get our hands on a a Kickstarter deluxe, um, box. Just, just let me insert here. We is generous. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I found a deluxe copy, Kickstarter copy for you for Christmas. So, okay. So can I just rewind like, so we didn't get the Kickstarter, but my wife, there we go. There it is gave me this amazing Christmas present, not only because the product was amazing, but because she scoured the internet. Sure. I I 
shudder to think of what she traded away to get this Kickstarter copy. Sure. Okay. Continue. So, Honey Buzz. Uh, this is by Elf Creek Games. It's a 2020 release designed by Paul Salomon. Um, and I'll mention the artist just because it is beautiful art. Uh, we've got Anne Heidsick and Jason Kingsley are the art. And just gorgeous, gorgeous game. It, it's beautiful and the components are top notch. Yeah. And I mean, for that reason... Um, there are very few people that I would not play this game with or, or bring this game out with for. Uh, maybe not their first time playing a game, but, you know, any any kind of new gamers, I would bring this out just because the art is so beautiful, the the components are so interesting, and the game mechanisms are, are pretty easy. It's true. It really doesn't take long to learn, and it's all laid out in a pretty clear fashion. Yeah, and it's kind of neat because you've got kind of what's going on in the field where you're buzzing your bee around foraging, trying to gather nectar. Um, but then back in the beehive, you're trying to build up the the honeycomb, the hexes in such a way um, that maximizes how much you can produce. And then you're selling honey. I guess you've discovered economics. You're You're selling honey to the badgers and the bears and stuff and... It's a neat game. Neat it idea. It is. I may detest the game because I have lost 100% of the time, but I also love it because it is gorgeous and fun. And for some reason, way too difficult for me, but that's fine. Um, on a similar thread, one of the games we've been playing, maybe not this month, but somewhat recently, is Bees. So we're really on a bee kick this year. Um, this one's by uh, Next Move Games. Dan Halstead is the designer, and it's fairly new. It's 2020. Um, and this one we've really been enjoying. It's got a very... It's quite... You have to be quite strategic with this game and plan things out um, because movement is so unusual in it. Yeah, I, I can't figure out how to move in this one and you know if you've lost honey buzz every time so far i'm pretty sure i have lost at bees every time i just can't seem to figure out how to move my bee where i want it to go yeah yeah i feel like it definitely takes some ability to you know plan visually um and if that visual piece is is tricky for you it's it's a hard game another one gorgeous game if, if slightly more abstract in its pieces definitely awesome well should we jump in chat about some welcoming games yeah yeah so welcoming games now we're we, we've borrowed this term um from the folks down at the dice tower uh, Tom has started using the term I think he he said Z started using the term before him and this is a class of games that, I guess, in a big way overlaps with and may replace, but is not quite entirely the same, I think, as gateway games. Right, right. How do you see them being... Well, well first, let me back up. How would you define each of them? Well, I think when I think of gateway games, I think of games that get you 
hooked. Sure. Um, hooked on board games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, easy, engaging, short, maybe, maybe shorter. Certainly Uh, not, you know, War of the Ring. Right. Um, welcoming games I see as slightly different. Um, like I said, lots of overlap, I think, Mm -hmm. but I would put some emphasis for welcoming games on how do those games make you feel? Sure. I mean, I feel like for a gateway game to be effective as a gateway game, it has to make you feel afterwards like, oh, that was fun. Do you disagree? Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of the the feeling aspect, what's different with a welcoming game? I don't know. I'd I'd almost want to go, like, you know, the the gateway games. The emphasis would be on leaves you wanting more, mm-hmm. um, and I think a good welcoming game should leave you wanting more. Sure. Um, gateway games need to be simple enough that you can give to someone who they've never played a board game. Mm-hmm. I, I think for welcoming games. It's it's almost the games need to make you feel at home. Sure. Yeah, I was I was thinking, you know, that that comfort at ease side of things, like kind of putting you at rest, um, especially if it's like the first game coming to the table, and you might be a little unsure about game night or a new game, and after this welcoming game, yeah. At home, at rest, comfortable. Yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to think now. Like, what would be a, a gateway game that wouldn't necessarily be, a welcoming game. Um. I don't know. I think a lot of those kind of, aha, uh, clever, um. You know, is it Steve Jackson Munchkin? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your, uh, uh, what is it, Exploding Kittens, or um, the the Unicorn game. Unstable Unicorns. Unstable Unicorns, yeah. All, all of those games, they, they're meant to, you know, they're short, they're light, they're easy. Easy mechanics, a lot of take that. They're meant to hook you and draw you in, leave you wanting more. But they don't necessarily make you feel at home and at ease yeah and are you thinking at home at ease with board games or in the game night i think everything okay um you know at home and at ease in the game but also in board games in general i i don't know this this is a a tough one yeah. Well, it kind of makes me think of Telestrations, which is a game I feel like a lot of people have played, but it's certainly one that we've brought out sometimes to kind of get things started with game night. And it certainly seems to, you know, there's laughter involved, there's fun. We've never played where there's actually a winner. And I feel like afterwards people are, you know, comfortable 
or it certainly has that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. You can kind of approach it with, I was going to say zero exposure to board games, but uh, you could insert zero anything, zero talent, and the game actually gets better. If if you don't know how to draw, the game gets 100% better. Yeah. I know for myself, you know, especially if I'm in a group of people that I don't know well, and it's a game that I don't know, I get a little nervous and I kind of, you know, have some anxiety around, am I going to be able to remember the rules? Am I going to make dumb mistakes in the game? So I feel like a welcoming game should remove some of those fears. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd take it one step further. Even I'd say, you know, I kind of feel like a welcoming game should make you feel clever. Hmm. You know, it should make you feel like you belong playing board games. Um, I think about games like uh, uh, Century Spice Road or or Splendor. You know, you, you're saving up these moves and then you make a big move where it's like boom, 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 boom. You get to do all this stuff and you just, at the end, you you get this result and you're like that was really good I did that and it's not a complicated game it's not hard um, it's not even necessarily hard to do that but you feel clever when you do it sure now to be fair if you're going to call Telestrations a welcoming game or if I'm going to call it a welcoming game I don't think anyone leaves Telestrations feeling necessarily clever maybe you just feel like you're about the same as everyone else. <laughs> or there have been times where, looking back, I know it's due to my not-so-amazing artistry, but you leave wondering why everyone else couldn't be a little bit more clever, you know, enough to know what you drew. Get that? <laughs> yeah. But maybe you realize that in your inadequacy, you've enhanced the game because... That is what happens in that game. If you are bad at it, you make it so much more fun. Yeah. So what What are some, I guess, you know, we're kind of moving this direction anyway, but what, what are some features that make these welcoming games make you feel like you're at home or they make you feel clever or they make you feel like you belong in the board gaming world? Well, I think one feature necessarily must be, you know, it can't be super complicated to learn. You know, it can't be something where you have to spend half an hour hashing out the rules, asking for clarification. I I feel like it has to be something that you can pick up on relatively quickly. So you can feel like you're playing the game early on so we're not expecting people to come over and watch a half hour rodney smith video right right i feel like a welcoming game has to be uh you know hey here's this game five minutes or less here's what you do let's play now i don't necessarily think that it has to feel like a simple game no 
but I think there needs to be a simplicity to it, you know, a, a cleanness to the rules. I think if it starts to feel complicated, you know, the anxiety goes up and then you get more of a divide between those who have played and those who haven't. Hmm. So like games that start you off, off with very few choices. That could be one possibility for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, just as, as we're talking, I've got wingspan going through my head as a game that, you know, doesn't seem simple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a good sized rule book. Um, but you, you play and you know, your first, couple moves there's really not much you can do yeah and and the actions are are simple enough that you can just kind of well you put the cube here you follow the line back i do think though that's probably on the the upper end of what like i wouldn't necessarily pull that out as the first game to introduce someone to if they haven't actually played more than monopoly before Oh, sure. Well, I'm just looking at our, our Stonemeyer games and thinking, yeah, that's that's the only Stonemeyer game that I would classify as a welcoming game. Right. And here, I think, in order to classify it as a welcoming game, we do have to broaden our definition a little bit. Well, maybe. I, I think, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, how much, how much does the art work? have to do with making something a welcoming game that's you know, true. the the aesthetics the the components um yeah i i do agree that a, a visually appealing game can it definitely can serve to draw you in and it maybe can bridge some of the gap for a slightly more complicated game and i guess as as far as kind of beautiful aesthetics wingspan is second to none (laughs) yeah Um, Yeah. and like those uh cadbury mini egg looking bird's eggs don't hurt like it's it's a it's a beautiful game yeah on the the strain of wingspan one thing that i think it has going for it in terms of being a welcoming game is that it's not a mean game. Like it doesn't involve a lot of ruining what somebody else wanted to do. It's not a lot of, you know, here, I'm going to take everything that you've created because I have a really good card or because I'm just a way better player. Like it allows for you to kind of figure things out and do things without people messing with your stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's a huge difference between what I want to call welcoming games and a lot of quote-unquote gateway games. You know, a lot of gateway games are very take that. Right, right. Well, I feel like Munchkin was a gateway game for us, and it is 100% a mean game. Like, it's one of the meanest games well, we have. Everyone getting up on the person who's level nine. Right, right. Now, I mean, it's usually in a lot of lighthearted fun, but you can feel a little bit picked on in that game. Yeah. Well, and I'm 
thinking, um, you know, one of the most widely known, quote unquote, you know, real board games, um, Settlers of Catan. You know, how many people was that a gateway game for? Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's pretty mean, too. There's a lot of take that. You know, you're blocking each other's roads. You're directly moving in to interfere with people. You're trading with this person, but not with that person because of sure. that thing that they did two turns ago. Sure. Right. And I think definitely some people can play games like that and, you know, not feel picked on or you know not feel or, or not take too seriously if their plans are thwarted but I think also many people might feel you know kind of be, yeah like not have such a comfortable feeling well I think it, it becomes the case that it's a it's a gateway game for certain types of gamers sure sure you know it'll it'll hook those people who kind of thrive on that and pretty well alienate the rest. Right. So maybe in choosing welcoming games, you know, we do need to take into account who is going to be playing them. Because I I can think of people that we might play games with or might want to introduce games to who wouldn't find telestrations to be you know, they, they might find it to be kind of ridiculous or they might find it to be a little bit too chaotic or lacking strategy or what have you. So I'm not sure that we can say that just because something is a welcoming game, that it is, that it like serves the purpose of welcoming anyone. Does that make sense? I, I think so. I'm, I'm trying to think of... You know, one one of our most successful welcoming games has been Colt Express. Yeah. And it's got a lot going for it. I mean, it's a fun theme. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of take that, but it's not super in your face take that because, hey, when you played the cards, you didn't really know what was going to happen. Right, right. Um, you know, how could you have known that they were going to drop in front of you and get shot? Um And yet, I kind of feel like not everyone who's played that with us has loved it. True. I would say the majority have, but yeah, it's not been a universal win necessarily. But probably the closest to that. Now, here, I think we want to... How much player interaction should we we be looking for in a welcoming game because you know you go the the way of a a euro where it's very much you're maximizing your own ins and outs and you're very focused on your own you know the most you can do is take a spot that someone else was going to go for right the i would not go anywhere near to calling most euros welcoming games yeah Well, I feel like if one of the goals of a welcoming game is to bring people in, to draw them in to the board game experience, I think, you know, there needs to be the possibility of some relationship building around it. And if it is too much, 
you know, you in your little bubble doing your own thing, I'm not sure how much relationship is developed. You know, especially if you're inviting people that you don't know very well to game night. Hmm. Which that could potentially be a strike against we were talking about wingspan right right it is very much you doing your own thing now you know you can talk about like oh look at this cool bird that i have here's a fun fact about it (laughs) um you know you can you can work to build more interaction into it but it's not inherent in the gameplay well i do like some some of the cards that the designer has put in there um they're cards that force interactions in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's cards like when this is activated, everyone gets a a, a bit of food or everyone sure. draws a card or everyone lays an egg. Um, or the the people with the least of these kinds of birds draw a card or, or something like that. Yeah. And that's kind of cool because it's not mean. I think the meanest player interaction I saw was steal someone's kind of food and then they get to have a different food right right yeah most of the time those cards you know result in that person be like hey thanks you gave me something that i needed like it's usually positive yeah i i think that was actually a really good addition to that game because it just otherwise it could be a very much in your own bubble kind of game mm-hmm. this forces you to look around at very least ask the question or say hey everyone gets a food yeah yeah i feel like maybe they are working towards you know building in a little bit more player interaction well and i i know um kind of just from from what i've read and the kind of things that uh, elizabeth hargrave has been involved in she is working very hard to build a more inclusive board game community uh, more inclusive and diverse mm-hmm. um so it's a very neat game on a, on a lot of levels i yeah. think yeah maybe a good one for a welcoming game maybe not yeah, on on the heavier side, like we yeah. said, for a for a welcoming game, but pretty yeah. good. Okay, so speaking of player interaction, party games. What about party games? Are all party games welcoming games? I would definitely say no. Okay, why? I think. A lot of party games, it it depends on on who you're playing with again. Okay. Uh, Because for some people, party games might be exactly what they need to, you know, any, doesn't matter. If there's a group of people playing a game, they're going to feel at home. That's where they're going to be, that's where they're going to feel comfortable. For a huge amount of people, a lot of party games, way too, they, they put you on the spot. Right. So maybe we could say, for the extroverts in your life, party games might be good welcoming games. But for the introverts in your life, it might turn them off from game night. Right. Well, (laughs) Too uh, much stress. uh, We've got one game, um, Fun Employed, 
you know, where you have to, you, you've got a, a job that you're applying for, um, and then you've got, you know, like it's a airline pilot or, or something like that. And then you have a list of qualities <laughs> right. that, that you need to kind of sell yourself on, right. you know, and, and it's a job interview. So you have to explain why your peg leg makes you an ideal airline pilot. Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Right. So it requires some acting and getting in character, which could be highly stressful and uncomfortable for certain types of people and not welcoming at all. Yeah. Well, and I'd say not just introverts, um, you know, there's a, a lot of social deduction party games mm-hmm. that extrovert, introvert, I don't know if it, that makes so much of a difference. It might just be people not liking that people don't trust them or not liking that they can't trust everyone. Right. Or maybe a game where you kind of have to lie. Right. Yeah, could could leave some people kind of not feeling great. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. So, party game does not necessarily equal welcoming game. But it could. Like, certain party games could be very welcoming. Maybe to all people, maybe only to some people, depending on the game. Yeah, well, we we played a little bit of um, Hues and Cues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, that actually could be a really good welcoming game because it's not super involved. There's some yeah. player interaction. That's a good one, yeah. Um, now, again, definitely not the right kind of feeling for, for some people who, you know, if they have a lot of trouble coming up with ways to describe colors, um, that might not be great. But that one's nice because there's not really strategy involved, but it's not like it's mindless and mm. or just like silly because some party games are just straight up silliness. Yeah, it's true. No, that that has actually some some substance to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, that's that's a good one. Okay, now it's interesting. Your mind went to party games when I talked about player interaction. I was actually going to talk about a different kind of player interaction. Okay, which is co-op. Sure. Well, cooperative games require a lot of interaction. And sometimes prohibit certain kinds of interaction. Yeah, true, true. Um, right, we have quite a few limited communication kinds of co-op games. Yeah. Now, we've had some success. One, one of our most successful games for bringing people into board games with us uh, has been Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle you know yeah. the cooperative deck building game um, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the theme you know a lot of people like Harry Potter uh, in our generation grew up with Harry Potter sure uh, so it, it you know the theme strikes a chord with them yeah I'd, I'd say the deck building mechanism is one of those mechanisms where it is very simple, and yet you get these really big turns every so often that leave you feeling smart and, and cool. Well, it's, right, it's very satisfying. You're like, oh, I did this. I just played 
you know, 15 cards on my turn. Because my deck is so awesome, and yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say not all co-op games are welcoming games. Right. Well, I'm thinking here of Spirit Island, for example, which we will sit down and play for like three hours at a time. Right. Right. We'll spend 10, 15 minutes just trying to figure out which cards we want to play. Let's back up here. We'll spend 10 to 15 minutes deciding which spirit we want to be before the game starts. Right, right. Out of the, what are we at, like 20, 25 options or something. Maybe it's not that many. But yeah, so many options certainly can get very overwhelming. So yeah, I think a good welcoming game does have a limit to the possibilities. Because otherwise it can be too overwhelming for someone who's not super well-versed in board games. Yeah. So with those criteria in mind, if you had to leave people with kind of your top or maybe one of your top recommendations for a welcoming game, what would it be? I want to lean towards wingspan, but it it can seem a little overwhelming to, to people and I, I think that can be a little bit of a barrier uh, if they haven't played games right. before plus especially when you have a few more players it can sometimes the the length of the game can stretch out a little bit longer than you might want for a welcoming game yeah i i think with maybe one caveat i i would say i would say colt express might be my top welcoming game it's it's fun. There's a lot of player interaction. There's a lot of laughter. Yeah. The components are cool with the 3D trains. Totally. Um, you know, the, the you imagine the story arc of, you know, this person fires, but that person has already climbed up onto the roof. And then the last card they played, they knew someone was going to be in the train car with them. But it wasn't actually anyone in the train car. And so they're just sitting in the caboose punching thin air right right we've had a lot of fun you know acting it out in our minds yeah now the one caveat that i would give with cult express is that people can feel a little bit picked on right especially if they're getting shot a lot they're getting a lot of those bullet cards into their deck yeah um it's not much fun to draw a hand and you can't do anything oh i can move this way or i can change levels right no it's the last turn i guess i'm not picking up money right right it does have that potential i feel like in the times we've played it that's happened to few of the times but it's not consistent it's not like every time one person you know it ended up like that for them yeah and i mean they they have the uh the action that you can take the to draw more cards right so they've built um, in something to try to deal with that yeah so with one caveat cult express okay <laughs> well for me and i've come to this one in my head more than once this is not a highly well-known game, but I love Burger Up for the purpose of 
welcoming people to the table. Um, the Greenbrier Game by Matthew Parks. It's five years old. It's not brand new, but I mean, the theme is so much fun for one, making burgers, and the art is is really appealing. It's not highly complicated. You know, there's like you can be mean in that you took a burger before someone else or you took an ingredient that they wanted, but it's not like you can really sabotage what they're creating. And if you can play dominoes, you can play burger up. So it doesn't require, you know, knowledge of all these involved mechanisms. I would add if, if you can get mixed up when you play dominoes, you will definitely get mixed up when you play Burger Up. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yeah, but, you know, it's not super mean. It's relatively easy to learn. And I feel like some of the fun comes in the theme. You know, making these burgers, and sometimes they are ridiculous. And what, when you're fulfilling the three-sauce burger, and, you know, you've got two mustards, a mayonnaise, and a ketchup, and a veggie patty? Or there's no burger requirements, so you end up making a burger that does not actually have a burger on it. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and I feel like there's a lot of fun in, you know, checking out other people's burgers and, you know, deciding whether or not you would eat this burger in real life. And it, and it doesn't take super long to play. I feel like everyone we've played it with has had fun with it. And maybe at very first they were like, wait, how do I make these things match? But I mean, very quickly people pick up on it and I feel like it's a nice in-between for those who like strategy and those who don't super much yeah well and in terms of making you feel clever you know it's pretty cool when you've been kind of working your your domino cards and your right you, you find know, a you, way you, for them all to you work pay together. that one coin so that you can slap down the four ingredients at a time and get to your your 10 stacked burger you, yeah you feel pretty good about yourself yeah yeah no for sure that that would be mine burger up green buyer matthew parks it's good one. all right well that's welcoming games or should i say that's where we're gonna leave welcoming games for today yeah, I, f- uh, I feel like the loose definition that we've created is definitely going to be a working definition. It will it will morph and change as we discuss board game night further. Oh, yeah. I mean, even as we've been talking, I'm, I'm thinking, well, okay, gateway games, they're also this. And, you know, welcoming games are also this. So I, I feel like we've just scratched the surface here. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like it... It is a topic that matters to game nights, and it's one that is worth at least thinking about and maybe coming up with your own definition for. Right. Well, and I think where where we've brought, you know, in, in our discussion here, we've left off with a loose working definition of welcoming games that I think actually elevates games to a certain status sure you know like we've tried to what we're looking for in a welcoming game it's hard to do sure right well i think we're hard pressed to find a game that perfectly fulfills every one of these requirements that we've given to welcoming games oh i know 
I can imagine if if we had more listeners. I can imagine how many angry emails we would get that I almost said wingspan and then took it off the list <laughs> for top spot. Or that you even considered it as a welcoming <laughs> game in the first place. Yes. Well, because so much, like, I mean, gateway games, huge stigma. Like, oh, it's just a gateway game. Sure, sure. Um, but I, I don't think that's the direction. Like, that's not how I would look at welcoming games. Yeah. At all. I, I would look at welcoming games as, this is a good game if it can be a welcoming game. Right, right. Given that it has to accomplish A through Z. Before we wrap up, I feel like we should answer the question, why do we care about welcoming games? Because our daughter is three and won't get to play real games with us until she's at very least like eight or ten. And we need people to play games with. We need people, and we want them to come back, so we want them to feel welcome. (laughs) Fair, fair, yeah. Yeah, well, and I think at the end of the day, that's our goal for board game night, is to have people feel at ease, feel comfortable, and feel like they want to come back. Yeah, well, and I think for us, board games has been such an enriching part of our life Mm -hmm. you know we that's that's the thing that we do together in the evenings um that's what we pack on trips you know we each have our suitcase and then two suitcases full of board games it's that's the way it goes um and so you know being able to share that with people in the hopes that you know they they become invested enough that they can find the same enrichment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We want to welcome them into something that has made our lives better. And not just, you know, hook them so they'll be part of our game group. Right. Um, right. Maybe the end result is not that they play with us again, but that they go and play with other people. Yeah. Or they feel welcomed enough with us that you know they're they're in in our sphere, you know, from there on in. Whether playing games or not, uh, games became a tool to welcome them into our 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 sphere. Yeah. So that's welcoming games. Some overlap with gateway games, but I would say of a completely different caliber and quality. Yeah. I think we'll need to keep exploring this as we go on in our podcast. I think this will keep coming up again and again and again. Definitely. But for now, I think we've given it a pretty good go. For our favorite things today... I want to know, what is your favorite Zoom background for long-distance game night? So actually, that's easy for me. 100%, I will always go with the picture that we took in Hobbiton in New Zealand. And tell us, why is that your favorite, Gordy? Well, because when I wear, like, 
a hood or something and tilt my head down, you disappear completely. And so I can use my ring to just, you know, put the ring on, tilt my head down, and it looks like I'm putting on the ring and disappearing. Okay. (laughs) Not surprised that that's your favorite. I think for me, I would probably go with something also outdoors, maybe not quite as nerdy, but also outdoors, since while playing the game, I'm likely stuck indoors, and we've had a very long winter, so maybe I'd go for like an outdoor meadow, beach, I don't know, something summery for my background. Transport myself to somewhere where I would love to be. I think that's what I'd pick. Thank you for listening. Episode 1, Welcome to the Table, was recorded on March 1st, 2021, and produced by whoever ate all the cereal at 2am. If you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to continue the conversation with us on our Facebook page or on Instagram. You can find us at Invite to Game Night. Join us next time. Wait, are you still there? No, I can't see you. Oh, your video's back. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, nope, nope, you're gone again. Oh, there you are.